amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. This entire month, both the Wrestling Perspective with P.D. Williams and the Dogcast with James Ellsworth is sponsored by Blue Chew. And I'm going to be honest with you. They gave me this amazing read. I'm going to, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to take the read, as you can hear it, crumble it up. And I'm going to throw it away. Because I have my own testimonial I want to spend the next couple minutes telling you about. I, I know you've heard Blue Chew on all the wrestling podcasts. I've actually used it. I use the promo code Ellsworth, which you should too to get your uh, free order. Only pay $5 for shipping. I did that. I was very skeptical. Wasn't sure. I Look, I'm 40 years old. I don't need Blue Chew. I feel like I'm okay. I get the job done. I climb to the top of the ladder. When the occasion rises, I take the briefcase, and then I have the money in the bed briefcase. But I figured, you know what? Like the great wrestlers of the 80s, you have a good physique, but you know, a little little shot will help you make you look a little bit better, right? You You want to go the full TV time limit time sometimes. So I took a Blue Chew chewed it up. I hopped in the shower. I came out and I was ready to go. The bell rang, ding, ding, ding. And it was no holds barred. I went in and I got the job done. I I didn't need it, but it enhanced my performance, if you know what I mean. And I'm trying to keep it clean for the kids out there. But look, Blue Chew works. I can 100% tell you from, I won't lie to you, I took it myself. I tried it. Uh, let's just say, if I was a, if I was a college all-star outfielder, taking the blue chew, you would have been a major league Hall of Famer just just from there. So I took it. It took me to the next level. I want you guys to have the same opportunity. Look, bluechew.com. Go there. B L U E chew.com. Go to Blue Chew. You can follow them on Twitter at Blue Chew. Get Blue Chew. Go there. Try it. I want you to try it for free. That's it. You just pay $5 for shipping and handling. Just use the promo code Ellsworth. E-L-L-S-W-O-R-T-H. Just use that promo code. Give it a try. Because now I'm using my own money to get Blue Chew. You, they're just some of those nights are special. You go out to a wedding, you have a few drinks, and you're like, you know what? Maybe tonight's not the night that I just want to go uh, five innings and hope for a rain out if you're a baseball fan. Maybe tonight I want to go the distance. I'm hoping for extra innings. I don't have to be up at work in the morning. Maybe we'll sleep in and have scrambled eggs and bacon. I don't know how you do it at your house. But at my house, I took the blue chew. I got the job done. Do you know what happened next morning? I got breakfast in bed. Like, wow. Now... I want to buy stock in Blue Chew. I'm not even lying at this point. So go, look, they're they're a sponsor of the Dugcast. And they're a sponsor of Wrestling Perspective. And I thank them. I also thank them for what they gave me in the bed the other day. 
So go to bluechew.com. Try it out. Just use the promo code Ellsworth. It, it's phenomenal. You, you will love it. I loved it. You have to try it out. That's all I can say. I now have my own testimonial. It, it, I hopefully, I'll have at least four or five more by the next month uh, to tell you about. But it was, it was fun. It, I can read an ad. I can sell you on it. But I feel like for, for this month, maybe me telling you that it, it works. It truly works. Go to bluechew.com. Use a promo code Ellsworth. Get five. Look, they're chewable tablets. They have the same ingredients as the blue pill and other, you know, it's over the counter. It's safe. I, I All that stuff, man. And it works twice as fast. It does. I took a shower, came out, and guess what? I was like ricocheted, jumping off the top rope. I was ready to go. I dropped the elbow from the top rope. I got the one, two, three pin at the end of the night. I came out the undisputed champion. Now I know how Chris Jericho felt when he pinned Stone Cold Steve Austin and The Rock in the same night. That's that's essentially how I felt. So go to BlueChew.com. You'll hear us talk about it throughout the month. You'll see it on the website, WrestlingPerspectivePodcast.com. You can tweet me. You can tweet Ellsworth. You can tweet P.D. Williams and ask us. I, I can tell you, it works. I'm happy with it. El, I told Ellsworth when we hung out in Detroit about, like, like you really got to try this. You You may not need it, but sometimes... You have to do an extra squat or two to get through a 60-minute Ironman match. you got to be prepared for it. And that Blue Chew is your extra squat. So go check it out. Try it. Read up on it. It works 100%. Go to BlueChew.com. Use the promo code Ellsworth. For this week's podcast, I'm Dennis Farrell, and by now you better know who the star of the show is. It's former WWE superstar James Ellsworth. What's up, bud? Oh, I still hate that word former. It's been a little over a month since Paige fired me on SmackDown Live. That word former, ooh, just a nemesis of mine. I hate like, hello, and Dennis. Uh, anything else you want to say right away? Just make me mad, piss me off. I mean, I mean, we're 10 seconds of the podcast. Already, I'm serious. Well, it's a weird show because you're traveling, so you're doing it via the phone today. Uh, we did do a live podcast, which I'm going to clip up some of it and throw it on to the end of this show. It wasn't very long. It was a crazy long night. A very good crowd. Uh, Tons of James Ellsworth supporters coming out. We'll talk a little bit about that here in a few minutes. But let's jump right into the podcast while I have you here for a few minutes and talk about All In Weekend. You were there. You were at StarCast. First and foremost, how was traffic getting around the town? I was, man. As soon as I got into uh, the StarCast Hotel, where the uh, convention was held all four days. I leave before the age, <laughs> so I didn't run a car. Like when I got, I just went from the airport right to the hotel, and I had such a great time. Those four days, meeting with fans, eight thousand fans came to guest in the four days. So I had I talked to Conrad and everyone involved to put that together. What a madhouse it was! It was unbelievable. Hopefully, uh, there'll be another star cast because it was great. 
So let's talk about the all-in card. What did you think about it? Oh, dude, like, it's it's cool to see, like, friends of mine that were on the pay-per-view that never um, had a chance to wrestle in front of 10,000 people until that pay-per-view. And it's so good for wrestling. It, you know, it creates more opportunities for people that may not have gotten opportunity before. And uh, it was a great show. I mean, <laughs> it was solid. I really, really, really enjoyed the, the uh Marty Scroll and Ukata match, and uh, you know I enjoyed watching it. Overall, let's do a Meltzer style rating of this show. Five being the best, would you give a five out of five? Three out of five? Four out of five? What would your rankings be? Oh man, I don't do that. That's just you know one person. Like <laughs> I mean, what overall the show just of. Uh, for the history of it and how historic it was, I'm trying to say, I mean, you got to give it a five for just the historic, uh, you know, like people are going to look back on that for years to come. It's, it's, that was a part of wrestling history that's going to live forever. So you can't give it a, like, it's, a, it was a very important event, man. It changed landscape professional wrestling. And, um, uh, dude, it's so cool to see. I, I'm going to do a teaser here. Because uh, I just recorded right as it's been a crazy week, but we recorded both the Dugcasts as we're doing it now. But earlier I did the Wrestling Perspective with Petey Williams, and we talked about this. I won't tell him or you or the fans what we talked about. You'll have to go over and listen. I, can you take away the historical value from the matches and just rank the matches, or does it all have to be together? Because I tried to argue that you can isolate the card from the historical value. You can appreciate the historical value, the moment, the things that can grow from this, and just analyze the card if you wanted to. I like to rate matches because I know how hard it is to have a professional wrestling match. It's not an easy thing to do, especially when you know there's 200,000 people watching him and 10,000 people watching the arena like it was that night. Um uh, well, 200,000 people in WGN uh, for the uh, pre-show there and uh, 10,000 people in the arena. It's not a hard thing. It's not the easy thing to do having a professional wrestling match. So I don't like to give out ratings uh, and stuff like that. I just uh, I know everybody went out there and busted their ass and put forward their best effort. And, you know, of course, some matches are going to be better than others. That's just life. <laughs> but... Um, you know, that's, I leave that to the fans to rate matches. But, you know, uh, as a performer, I don't like to do that. Just personal preference. No, I don't blame you. I, I totally understand what you're getting at. I've learned so much from going backstage, hanging out with wrestlers. It's it's an eye-opening experience that you guys just don't put on the tights and go out there and do it. There's so much more stuff that goes into putting a match together that it, it still blows my mind to this day that, I, I have that kind of access. I get to watch the struggles and how hard it is for two people that have four minutes tops to go out there and try to get everything they want in in four minutes. Well, four minutes for like a, you know like a WWE television match, but I mean, all in, everyone was given a lot longer than more four minutes. Of course, it was a pay per view, and you know WWE their pay per view minute uh, matches are a lot longer than four minutes as well. Um, but yeah, man, like it, it's an art form, and it takes a lot to put on a very good performance. It takes a lot of skill, a lot of patience, a lot of you know people working together 
having a successful, fun, entertaining wrestling match is not something that's easy. You made some waves uh, as you were in Detroit for a press conference for a little wrestling uh, CWL. We'll talk a little bit about that. Uh, as the weeks go on, we won't inundate people with the talk. You hung out for a few minutes backstage. The dirt sheets were talking. I mean, every time I clicked on something, it's, oh, no, you know, former WWE superstar James Ellsworth is backstage. What are we going to do? Who are we going to see? Is he going to come out? You were backstage. See, yes, what? No, no see, see, you're wrong. No, it wasn't. That's just me taking pictures of the sign that says Detroit. And, uh, you know, me and uh, TJ Perkins hung out for a moment. That's just me putting it on social media, just, like, working the dirt sheets. Like, just it's that easy. Like, Luke Gallows did it, what, a week or two ago when he said he was dating Nia Jax. They were never dating. He was just doing that because he knew people would pick it up. It's just, it's just fun to do sometimes, that's all. Yeah, I was in there. I was in Detroit, hanging out there at what's that? What was that place called? Harry's. 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 Um, for yes. A company called CWL. They brought me in to, to meet some fans, and I get the word out about the upcoming shows. It was a couple of blocks from the arena, and I had a um, good time there. It was fun meeting the fans before and after they went to SmackDown. And man, like you were there, Dennis. A lot of positivity like towards me from the fans and I'm very blessed to have that. They all very happy to meet me, say nice things and you know, it, it's just good to know that what your performance on T V, you know, like entertained people and, and they liked it. It's it's always good to hear. It means you did something right and that's what you're supposed to do when you're in a wrestling ring is entertain people and just leave some kind of mark on people where they are just ecstatic to meet you makes me very happy, and I'm very blessed to have that in my life. Feel good story of the day for me. And this is the first time you and I really got to hang out in person. We've become friends uh, over the phone, through the podcast, through text, just, just everyday chatting here and there. But first time we really got to hang out, I had fun, but I really got goosebumps, and I really – and this, look – you know I'm not kissing up to you for any reason, but I really got goosebumps when you were having just as much fun you know, walking the streets around the bar with your hat off, and people go, oh, you're, you're James Ellsworth, and you were doing it just to pop the fans, and it was great to see every once in a while you'll jump out from behind the car to scare somebody, and it it just made me smile because that's kind of the stuff that you always want to do when you get famous enough that people know who you are. Absolutely, man. I have a good time with it. I have a good time with the fans. I'm just like a fun, loving, happy, like good, lucky kind of guy. Like I, you would live once, man. It, I really, really know, like understand that, and I just have try to have a good time in life. And I know, like, you know, when I was a wrestling fan, if I was walking to a show, a WWE show, and let's say when I was, you know, fourteen, fifteen years old. Like Jeff Hardy would pop out from behind a car, I would be like, "Oh my god!" You know, so that that's the feeling I try to give people, and it's fun for me, and it's, it's fun for them too, and that's why I do it. If you know people are having a good time with it, and you're having a good time with it, why not do it? That's what I think. Those are my feelings. I love uh, wrestling fans. I love performing, and it's just to me, it's all just in fun and a good time. You and I made a con- uh, conscious decision. When they asked us to do a live podcast, so we decided we were going to do it after SmackDown for just fans coming by. Uh, we had the opportunity to have kind of a, a stage away from people to be put up on a pedestal. 
it, you kind of said, no, you know, I kind of want to have a podcast down in the streets where people can come by, say hi. We don't, we were not really worried about the quality of the podcast. We didn't really worry about it being smooth. It was just you and I out there having fun with the microphone recording it. And the fact that we did the podcast and while we're talking about topics, you're taking pictures and, and, and signing stuff and you, you know, you were giving away shirts. I mean, in an industry, James, I, I don't want this to be, you know, Dennis beating the James Ellsworth drum for this whole podcast. I really don't, but you, you're in an industry where if you don't sell a shirt, if you don't make a match, sometimes your light bill doesn't get paid. And here you were, I saw you many times giving shirts to kids, giving shirts to, to guys, giving shirts to girls, just being out there telling fans, thank you for being a James Ellsworth fan. Yeah. Cause dude, I honestly really just do appreciate it. I, like, you know, when I did that ball and Stroman match and they all just put my face all over the internet where you couldn't ignore it. Like I, I I'm never going to forget that. And I, again, I just, love wrestling fans they're like they're the most passionate fans in the world and i love performing in front of wrestling fans i love when they love me i love when they hate me i love when they critique me i love when they tell me i did a good job i love all of it and i love talking to them and meeting them i've gotten the opportunity especially in 2018 to meet thousands of wrestling fans all over the world at various conventions independent wrestling shows wwe shows a lot of times after before and after the show, I would go over to the fans because I like to let them know that I appreciate them just as much as they appreciate me. And I really mean that, man. I'm not talking out of my ass either. I really genuinely mean that because I remember and know what it's like to be a fan that went to wrestling shows and just really, really wanted to you know meet one of the wrestlers and talk to them and just spend a moment. Um, you know, with one of my heroes, I remember what that's like to want to do that. So I try my best to do it for those people. We had a couple people that come up and said they were fans of the podcast. One of them was even surprised that you really don't hate me in real life. Uh, you know, that's that's the beauty of theater of the mind of the podcast is where we get on here, we have fun, we poke fun at each other all the time. But then people come up and be like, oh, wow, you guys really don't hate each other? Well, I'm glad they uh, they fought that. But every time I looked at your face, I was like, man, I got to get out of here. <laughs> oh, man. It was really cool, though, to get to – I'm going to no-sell that joke, by the way. It was really cool to get to watch SmackDown with you at a bar. It was fun. Your insight. I, I've said this before, whether it was hanging out with PD or doing it with you. If you it, – it's – it's such a, a rare occurrence, but if you ever get a chance really to watch wrestling with a wrestler, it's it's a totally different experience. I mean, just like, you know, watching a uh, mechanic, like, you know, uh, work on a car and have him tell you what he's doing and, and how he's doing it and why he's doing it. It's just like, just like any other profession, you know, and um, yeah, I know wrestling's entertainment and it gets put on a pedestal and all that, but you know, people work hard in, in every kind of uh, form and fashion. And um, yeah, when you sit there with somebody and watch, like watch, you know, their profession being uh, right in front of their face, and them watching it, yeah, you get to learn a lot. It's, it is really cool. 
let's talk. I want to go back and touch on all in because there's something that that PD and I talked about, and it was something I've seen thrown around the internet like crazy. And I don't know if we both agreed or disagreed, but we couldn't come up with the right answer. Uh, people are starting to call the Rhodes family, whether it's Dusty and what Cody has done, and even Goldust and Dustin. The the new royal family of wrestling. And, you know, you look at the flares and the hearts. You know, a lot of this call, putting the roads now up there, because I would always say maybe they were the top six family. You could probably have always put them around the Von Erichs, uh classic amazing wrestling lineage right there with what Cody has done with All In, had to have easily bumped him up. I, does does Cody need to have another all in moment to build up to truly become the royal family of wrestling? Look what he accomplished Saturday. Not not only him, but the young bucks and everybody involved. First time ever an independent wrestling show put ten thousand fans in an arena. And that was the first wrestling show in America to put 10,000 wrestling fans in arena other than WWE since 1999 when WCW did it last. Yeah, by the way, WCW didn't draw 10,000 people. To my knowledge, in the year 2000 or you know, a couple of months, they were still around in 2001, which is crazy to think about. So all those years, we're talking almost 20 years of no other wrestling company other than the number one company in the world, WWE, which WWE is number one, like nobody can argue that. Um, has put 10,000 people in seats in almost 20 years. And he was, you know, the general, he, he was the leader of, of that, you know, happening. And look, uh, dude, he, he's really, he's, a, he's inspiring, man. He's a, he's a great guy. Uh, his brother's a great guy. I got to meet his father a couple of times. He was a great guy. They're just nice people. And they are royalty in wrestling already. I don't. Uh, they were before this. They were before this, and now, yeah, like uh, Cody. Now he's, you know, like Ed, dude. Dusty Rhodes is one of the greatest wrestlers of all time. One of the greatest entertainers of all time. One of the greatest champions of all time. It's, you know, it's hard for his sons to follow in his footsteps, but they both have like old, you know, Dustin reinvented himself as Gold Dust and is one of the most memorable characters in wrestling history. If you ask any wrestling fan, even casual wrestling fan about Gold Dust, they have never forgotten the name of Gold Dust. And now Cody Rhodes, man, he left WWE. What's he going to do? Like, what's his name? And here it is two years later and he's one of the top wrestlers in the world has completely reinvented himself as the American nightmare. Now he's the NWA world's champion. He's headline. He's one of the headliners of a show that drew 10,000 people. Yeah. They're, they're very, very, uh, the Rhodes family are royalty in wrestling. One hundred percent. All right. And I'm not even gonna, cause you can't rank the royalty. I, you know, you can't put them up against the hearts. That's just impossible to do because they've all done amazing things within their their own right. But you say they're already royalty because I think they are easily top three, top four. But for them to truly become royalty, I, I think Cody Rhodes needs another all-in. And, and not a, 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 to grow it, but just another successful all-in. 
not that the way it stopped if if they never did anything with it again it is truly an amazing moment it is wrestling's woodstock essentially that's that's what this turned out to be was was wrestling's woodstock i i love to see cody do it again because if he could do it again it would really cement the roads as maybe the wrestling family because they've done it in the ring they've held championships and now cody since wcw was the only guy really it and this was his birth child the bucks helped him but you know it was his money everything you know cody as you said was the general here if he could do it again they would be the wrestling family Man, like I again, I, I don't. It's just that there's um, Mount Rushmore of it. I mean, you can name the Hearts, you can name the Von Erichs, the Annoys, you know, the, the Rocks family and the Usos, the Roman Reigns, the family, like the the some of that Samoan dynasty. Man, I, like there's just a lot of people that came from that family. So that's that's really cool. Um, you know, the Rhodes, uh, like there, there's a route. Uh, Mount Rushmore of it, like it, you know, I I wouldn't put one above the other. I'm I'm not going to categorize, but but there's, you know, the Ortons, there's the, the Hennings, there's there's so many great wrestling families, and you know, I'm, I would never put one above the other. They're all great. But, but but hang on, I would I would argue, in 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 the Rhodes defense, Cody Rhodes might have only might be the only guy to to revolutionize a family name. Now, all these families we named have been amazing wrestlers. But if you look through that family lineage, and I might be wrong, and if I am, I, I apologize because I don't know every single You're member. probably wrong. You're, you're wrong most of the time, but go ahead. But, but if you look through most of those families, it, not one person has stepped out and said, you know, I've done it. Cody was wrestling on the biggest stage as successful. He wrestled, and he changed. He he his Cody Rhodes wrestling character evolved, and that's something I'm big on. And it evolved, and he made it successful. Whether it's wearing the mask or being was it Stardust, he took and owned it and and grew. But oh man, he's he's a top tier talent. Always has been. Now he's just on top of his game. He's in tremendous shape. But yeah, um, he's more popular than he's ever been. Like Cody's amazing, dude. And again, he's a great guy. Got the opportunity to talk to him a few times this weekend. I met him before. He's a great guy, and he's on top of his game right now. But outside of The Rock, and The Rock did it in the ring. Cody Rhodes might have been the only guy out of all those families to single-handedly change professional wrestling landscape. What he did this weekend, whether you thought the card was great or not. The moment, the the levity of what happened that weekend in the landscape of indie wrestling, uh, the landscape of televised wrestling has changed. I mean, you were backstage at WWE. How many of those wrestlers came up to you? You don't even have to mention names. Just wrestlers or workers came up to you and just said, Hey, I just told you I wasn't backstage. I was hanging out with you, Dennis. Well, I'm I'm just saying you you talked to you know. Uh, What's his name? Uh, 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 Perkins. I mean, he he. Did he ask you? No, about everybody, it? man. Trust me. That whole that whole um, all in show had the wrestling world talking. Of course, it was historic. It was 
something completely different from anything that's ever happened for independent wrestling. Everyone's still talking about it days later. It was very important for independent wrestling and wrestling in general. It, you know, it gets WWE a boost, make, maybe makes them work harder. Like it, it was good for the business. Very good. Hats off to those guys. I enjoyed the show. I enjoyed StarCast. Cody Rhodes, he's a genius. And um, I don't know what else to say. Uh, it's not the positive things I have to say about it. And that's what seems to be what most people are saying. Not all, of course. You can't please um, everybody, ever. Nobody's ever going to please everybody. Probably The Rock is the only, like, comes the closest, but even he doesn't. And, um, yeah, man, just what a great weekend, a great experience. And I, you know, my gut tells me there will be another all-in. There will be an all-in, too. What, what's the next big event in indie wrestling now? Now that we're done with this, a lot of people, and it believe it or not, it affected the crowd in Detroit. You know, Detroit was just, I have to say, it might have just been bad timing for what could have been a good show. You come into Detroit the, the day, was it the Tuesday after Labor Day, and after StarCast, which Detroit's only a three-and-a-half, four-hour drive, so a lot of I knew a lot of people that made the drive that probably didn't go to StarCast or All-In and WWE. I think their product suffered a little bit coming into town on just a, a bad weekend. But what's next for wrestling that you think could be the next big event? Well, yeah, I mean, like, the day after Labor Day is always going to be hard. Yeah, people get that last vacation weekend in. Uh, kids are starting school. So anytime after Labor Day is going to be hard, you know, on a weekday especially. Like, it's not going to be easy. But, um, yeah, I just – independent wrestling's thriving right now. I'm I'm getting a lot of work with it. I'm busy all the time. I just did five days in a row. I'm, you know, I'm going to be home for three days, and I'll go on the road for another three days. I'm, and it's been like that all year for me. I've been very blessed that – Independent wrestling, it's at the top of its game right now. And, you know, and I, I'm lucky and very fortunate. So I'm in a relationship with WWE and did a couple of months with them and, uh, this year. And uh, it, it, wrestling's thriving right now, man. And I'm very happy to be a part of it. It's a lot of fun on, on every level right now. And it wasn't like this 10 years ago. Like, I've been on the, you know, I've been wrestling for 16 years now and spent 14 out of the 16 years on, on the independents, you know, the, and then the two I've had in WWE thus far. Um, and it, it just, independent wrestling has never been this exciting since I've been in it. Or ever. Um, ever. Ever. I'll say, I'll just leave it at that. Ever. It's never been this exciting for the fans and the talent. It's, it's, and I can't wait to see what um, happens in the future. But again, I do. If my gut tells me, there will be an all in too because it was very successful and everybody had a great time. I'll ask you this, because I tweeted this out after All In. I was very interested in what the questions were, what the answer to this question was. Uh, if All In and StarCast was to run four shows a year, would it be as successful? Would the over-under on crowd draw be 7,000 per per show? What What do you think? Uh, if you go to the big markets like L.A., Chicago, New York... And maybe like Dallas, Texas, or someplace in Texas, like a big market, you're going to draw your 10,000 people if you're Cody Rhodes and the Young Bucks, for sure. I think the bigger markets is where it's at. Um, I don't know how easy it is to draw 10,000 fans in Des Moines, Iowa, <laughs> but like I think if they were to do it in the big markets, absolutely. I think they would draw, you know, seven to 10,000 for each and every show. That's just what my 
gut tell my gut tells me it remains to be seen if they want to go that route. I mean, those guys aren't are in a great position. Uh, the Young Bucks, Rhodes, uh, Marty Scrawl, Adam Page, and Kenny Omega—they're in a great position in their careers where they can go anywhere they want and do whatever they want, and they've earned it. They've worked very hard. They've put their bodies on the lines, doing these, you know, like really hard hitting, like not easy to do professional wrestling matches. No wrestling match is easy to do, but what they do in that ring is, is it takes it to another level. And, you know, they're at a point in their career where they can go where they want and do what they want, and they've earned it 100%. I, I, I have this, it seems to be a common conversation with people online when they're, when let's say we'll use Pentagon Jr., where someone would say, oh, Pentagon's, you know, WWE's going to ruin him if he goes there because there's a rumor that he's close to signing a contract or he's thinking about it. You know, don't go there. They're going to ruin him. But you think of all the years that Pentagon's been wrestling in, as you said before, it's from the small gyms to impact wrestling every day in between, trying to, you know, get your name out there and make enough money to make rent and an airplane ticket home. WWE has... And, and it's not a knock on WWE, and it's not a knock on anybody going there, but it's it's like a wrestling retirement plan now. When you get up there, the money's instantly better, the travel's better, the food's better. Life, other than as much as you travel, but you make that big paycheck when you go up there. You work hard. It's you know, You're not taking bloody chair shots to the head anymore. You don't have to dive on tax to get over with the crowd anymore in the WWE you've made it and life becomes a little bit easier because as you know, when you leave the WWE and if you want to continue, you, you get a little bit of that WWE bump in pay when you start hitting the indie circuit again. Yeah, man. Well, here's the thing for a lot of these guys, when we were growing up, you always dreamed of being in WWE and that's the final destination of wrestling. WWE is the number one wrestling company in the world. It's part of pop culture. Everyone knows WWE. And I, like me, for me, personally, growing up, I was a huge wrestling fan. And I liked WWE, WWF, um, back when I was a kid, more than anything. And that's where I always want to be. And here I am, and the Indies are doing great. And there's plenty other places to go. And I still just want to be in WWE because... That's where I've always wanted to be since I was three years old. And I, here I am, 33 years old, going to be 34 in a couple of months. And I still have that mindset of when I, when, you know, when I was three, four, five years old or whenever my memory started, still in that same mindset of WWE is where I wanted to be. So, I, I, you know, Pentagon Jr., I don't know him personally, but I don't know if that's a part of his mindset of he was, when he grew up, he was a big WWE fan. And, and if you were, like for a lot of us, that's where you want to be because that's what you've watched your whole life. Dream, that's where you dreamed of being. So you can't knock somebody for wanting to uh, fulfill their dream. You know, I, I again, I don't know if that is the reason, but for me, that's what it was. And for a lot of people, I know that's what it was. Well, let's wrap this up, as I said, here in a couple seconds as you hear our voices start to promote. We will play some of the live show we did out there. You can hear how much fun we were having. Ayo, I, I would say it was fun for us. I don't know how it'll come off on the air, but it was fun. We had a good crowd. Uh, I want to thank everybody who showed up. Every Everybody who came up and said hi to you, shook the hand. You reassured people that even though you were on the mic doing a podcast, it's okay to come up and talk to you. Uh, I, As a fan, 
the fan part of me appreciated what you were doing. You were you were hanging out with the fans, and I've seen many athletes uh, drive past. I mean, Daryl Strawberry almost hit me with a car. I know you wish he actually did once. It's, it's a great story, and I was probably ten. I'd pay him to try it again. <laughs> he might take you up on this part. At this point in his life, Daryl Strawberry may go. You know that twelve bucks is worth it. But yeah, going back to what you were saying, like I had a fan tweet me earlier that was there yesterday in Detroit, and um, he tweeted me and said, "Met James Ellsworth uh, in Detroit, and he was ridiculously nice." That's what he said on the on the tweet, and I retweeted it. And basically, oh, if you go at Real Ellsworth and look at the retweet, I said, "Man, I'm I am ridiculously nice because I don't get why anyone's mean ever. I just I don't get that like." I always show people the same respect that they show me. Like when I meet somebody, like regardless of what I've heard about them or seen them do or, or what, like I'm nice to them right away because there's no reason not to be. Like we're all human. We all are. We all got the fi- same final destination. We all get there different ways. But the fact of the matter is, like we all have the fi- same final destination. So. Um, always of the mindset of enjoy your time, be kind to each other, and have a good time with each other. The moment somebody stops having a good time with me and disrespects me, I, I back off and I, I get away from that person. That's all. I don't knock the person or go, you know, try to, in, you know, do anything to hurt the person physically or mentally or any of that stuff because I'm about having a good time. So when that fan tweeted me that and said you're ridiculously nice, it's because that's how I'm always going to be, no matter what, no matter. Like, how many hardships I go through in my personal life, in my career, you know, like, I want to be a WWE, and right now, I'm not, and I was a couple of months ago, and I was for, you know, the majority of the past two years, but I stay positive about it, you know, and because and I, I want to get there again, and I just stay nice, and that's just the way you got to look at We all have bad days. We all have stuff going on, but man, when I see another human being and they're happy to see me, I'm going to be nothing but nice. Always doesn't matter who you are, or where you came from. Well, uh, also thank you to Matt Stryker, who was ridiculously cool himself. Uh, Brian Pillman Jr., who has only been in business a year and a half. We all know who his dad is. Uh, I had a, a fun time hanging out with him. Those guys went above and beyond when they didn't have to, you know, I know, well, I want to get into it later podcasts when the moment has a chance to settle and we can dissect what happens with this promotion, but it was fun and you guys went above and beyond. And I know Dustin, if he was here on the podcast, he'd, he'd thank you for going above and beyond. Yeah. What a nice guy he was, man. Dustin, um, I want to shim luck with the uh, with the promotion. Um, I'm going to do some shows for him, and I'm um, looking forward to it. I'm going to, I'm going to give him a call tomorrow. Actually, I just got home today, but I was gone on the road for five days. But yeah, he was a nice guy, and I think he really appreciated what I did for him. I really went out of my way to make sure fans come up, came up, and got flyers from him for his uh, promotion that he's starting in October. He's, he's running 12 straight weeks, which 95 percent of the indie no, I would say 98 percent of the indies out there don't run that many weeks in a row. And he's taking a risk, and I respect that. And I'm going to help him as much as I possibly can because he's a really, really nice guy. And um, and I think he wants to do good, you know. And, um, yeah, Brian Pillman Jr., man, he looks just like his dad, doesn't he? Oh, my gosh. He wore a shirt with his dad's picture, and I had to interview him 
for the show, which somehow I ended up on the first episode at least of uh, CWL. I, I had a chance to interview, and I'm sitting there. I'm just looking at his face and his shirt, and I'm like, it's scary how much he looks like him. Yeah, and it's and the kid, like it, Pillman Jr., he's tall. He's in good shape. He's a good-looking kid. Like, I, if I were him, I told him this yesterday. Just contact the right people now. He's 25 years old. He's young. Just get in touch with the right people now and jumpstart your career. I mean, he's got a good mind. He, like, he, he wants to go prove himself and, you know, go to Japan and do this and do that. But I just think, like, he's going to be a star anyway, and he might as well start early. And, you know, no matter what, I, I do think you will see him become a star at WWE or some other high level. He's he's going to be a star and hope, and he's a nice kid and hope he stays level-headed and wish him luck. Matt Stryker, man, fun guy to be around, very knowledgeable. I Like, when I get around veterans, guys that have been in the business longer than me, like Matt Stryker has, I like to pick their brain, picked his brain yesterday, did a little bit of chain wrestling with him in the parking lot, and he was surprised how good I was at it. Shh, don't tell anybody, I can actually wrestle a little bit. <laughs> but, like, <laughs> I, I love getting around veterans like that and, and just picking their brain. I, I picked his brain yesterday. I thought he was shocked from how much I picked his brain. He goes, yeah, I'm a guy that did make it to WWE and had a, a pretty awesome career already. But, dude, I'm not – I don't want to be done. I'm going to accomplish so much more. The stuff that I've accomplished already – I don't think it's enough, man. Like, I'm going to accomplish some more. And the way you do that, you see a guy like Matt Stryker, you pick his brain. And, I, like, when I go to, like, at StarCast, I was picking Jeff Jarrett's brain and Sergeant Slaughter's brain and, like, Xbox brain. Like, and just, like, whoever, if I could get a second, I mean, you never know what piece of information you might not have had before that could help you that you're going to get from one of these guys that have been wrestling 20-plus years. You know, and I, so I always take moments like that when I'm, and, and again, Matt Stryker's very, very smart. And so when I'm around guys like that, I really take the time to talk to them and try to learn from them. It, it's fun for me. I enjoy it. And Stryker will be a future guest on the podcast. We have a couple other people booked, but we want to keep that as a surprise. Uh, yeah, we'll, um, you know, we'll announce them as they come. Uh, people have enjoyed the guests. I mean, we've had Chris Jericho on here, Ryback, David Arquette, Eric Bischoff, David Penzer. I mean, we've had some cool guests already, but they're only going to get cooler, guys. I know it's uh, it's not easy to top Chris Jericho because he's – every time I say Chris Jericho, he knows I just giggle because he's, he's such a cool guy, man, and uh, he's like – He's he's so nice to me, like, and I'll never be, I'll never get over how nice he is to me. But uh, yeah, dude, um, the dunk cast is going strong. It's all thanks to me. No thanks to you, Dennis. You just kind of, you know, dial my phone number, and you're starting to make a part-time living doing it. I just hit play. That's all I do. I'm as Chris Jericho says, one of the monkeys in the truck. That's exactly what you are. <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, stay tuned. We'll give you some of the show that we recorded a few nights ago. Have fun. As James said, thank you guys so much for listening. James, as a way out the door here, what's going on with your promotion? What do you have upcoming? Where can people find you? Oh, we got a drawing championship wrestling September 28th in Hanover, Pennsylvania, drawingwrestling.com for tickets where you could see me take one cherry to King Lawler for the first, for the third time this year. It's the rubber match. 
It's one, it's tied one and one between him and I, and we're going to settle it in Hanover, Pennsylvania, on September the 28th. Also on that show, ECW original, The Sandman. You just saw her on All In, the bad girl, Penelope Ford. Man, was she impressive at All In. Very athletic girl. She's going places. She'll be in Hanover, Pennsylvania on September 28th. Again, it's AdrenalineWrestling.com for tickets. You can find your boy James Ellsworth on Twitter, at Real Ellsworth, and on Instagram, at James Ellsworth Wrestling. Dennis, it sucked I had to spend so much time with you yesterday. And then, on top of it, I had to talk to you again today. So tomorrow, I am not answering any of your text messages, your calls, your FaceTimes, your tweets, um, your Instagram DMs, none of it. Fair enough. It's, I'll, I'll, I'll give you that. I'll, I'll even give you up until the weekend before I start to bug you again about how you're doing today. Um, you know, again, not going to talk to you tomorrow, but it was a pleasure being on the Dogcast today because the listeners want to listen to James Ellsworth. So not so much Dennis Hurl. All right, there you go. Stay tuned. It's the last live episode. Thanks, everybody. All right, go take a seat. You ready? Yep. It's time for the Dogcast, a live version, very rare. I pinned down James Ellsworth, court-ordered, by the way, to have to stand here and hang out with me. James, our first duck-ass buddy. That's right. I unfortunately have to see you in person this week. It hurts my feelings. But I'm going to ask some of these nice people. Make some noise, guys. Get loud. Very good. We're live here at Harry's in Detroit, and uh, we got some fans here. What's your name, buddy? Chris. Chris, Chris, who's your favorite wrestler of all time on SmackDown Live? James Ellsworth. James Ellsworth, duh. <laughs> what a great answer. I didn't pay him to say that. Dennis might have. But, yeah, we're here. We're having some fun. Nice meeting you guys. Um, taking pictures with people, signing autographs, all the fun stuff. While we are doing a podcast, James, we are fresh off the hills of All In Weekend. We haven't really talked about, uh-oh, what, James? James, what do you, what? What do you mean, what? I was letting you talk. I put my hand up because I don't want to hear you. Oh, there we go. Well, we're fresh off the hills of All In. I got to know, well, you were there. You you did StarCast. You hung out at All In. What were your thoughts overall on this uh, momentous game-changing in the wrestling industry moment? Well, I was at StarCast. I wasn't at All In, but I did do StarCast all three days, and it was amazing. It was a blast. I saw a lot of people, made, made a lot of new friends, a lot of wrestling fans, but All In... I mean, they drew 10,000 people. The first independent show of all time to draw 10,000 people. So hats off to the Young Bucks and Cody Rhodes and everyone involved for getting that done. It's amazing. It's very inspiring. And those guys, they should be feeling really good about themselves right now. Like these guys walking out of the bar, I bet you they feel good about themselves. Duh. So I, I, I got to ask you, how was the crowd around your table? How many people came up to you? Were, were you happy with the James Ellsworth turnout? Absolutely, man. Uh, fans, the fans are very nice. They come up, they say nice things. They uh, ask me when I'm coming back to WWE, which I wish I had an answer for them, but I don't. But they're very, very nice, and it's always cool to meet the fans. StarCast, they were great, man. I had a lot of people come up to the table, did very, very well. I don't like to brag. I'm not one to brag. But, yeah, I met a lot of people and had a lot of fun. So let's talk about why we are here today. We were brought here for CWL. That's right, Championship Wrestling League. 
Uh, you came out here to do a meet and greet, which was phenomenal. Uh, you know, this is a startup here in Detroit. Uh, I will. I am kind of excited to be a little bit a part of it. They're going to have names like Big Cass, MVP, Zach Gowan, Brian Pillman Jr., who was out here earlier, Matt Stryker, who will be on the podcast soon. You're here. What? How awesome was that? That you you came from Chicago just to be here? Yeah, I drove the four hours because I like to drive and I like D-Town. Detroit's awesome. That's that's where Eminem's from. I love Eminem. But um, yeah, man. So. Those guys like Brian Pillman Jr., it's cool to see him. He's just starting a business, and he really, really wants to, um, you know, just take his father's legacy. And, you know, it just it's inspiring, man, to see, like, someone like him who had a great father, a guy that was a, is a legend in the business, and he wants to keep his legacy going. So hats off to Brian Pillman Jr. I think he has a bright future ahead of him. Matt Stryker, always good talking to him. He's very knowledgeable about the business, very smart guy. That's why he played one on TV. And, um, yeah, I loved hanging out with those guys, man. The guys that's at um, CWL here, they're uh, putting them on something really, really good. A lot of shows, in a, 12 shows in a row starting in October. So check them out. And, man, I'm just happy to be here in D-Town. You're here in D-Town. Just, what would you say, 48 hours ago you were in the middle of a ring. If you go back and listen to some of our past podcasts, we had a very special guest on this last one. It was David Arquette. The ho- former WCW World Heavyweight Champion, he was in Ready to Rumble. You had a match with him. I, I got to ask you, how'd that match go? Were you happy with it? Very happy with it. Very entertaining. It was Frank the Clown and I against David Arquette and his tag team partner, RJ City. And I got diamond cuttered by David Arquette. He caught me off guard, but he got the pin on Frank the Clown. He didn't pin your boy James Ellsworth. Duh. But, man, yeah, all seriousness, it was a great match. Had, we had a lot of fun. The fans were real into it. They were packed there. Thousands of people um, there in Chicago Heights, Illinois, for Warrior Wrestling. Hats off to those guys for putting on one hell of a show. So I, I got to ask you, let's talk about you putting together a match. We talked about it a little bit beforehand, your thoughts, how you might go about it. James Ellsworth sitting here on the Dugcast with me. Uh, James, let me, let me just say, did putting that match with David Arquette go the way you planned? Oh, yeah, it was, it was good, man. They listened to RJ City and I. RJ City's an independent wrestler. He's, he's a really good one, too. He has a good look. I expect big things from him in the future as well. And, no, David Arquette was a class act. He was really cool, uh, very willing to listen to guys that have been doing it a long time. And uh, Frank the Clown, too, it was his first match. But, man, it all went well. I, we were very happy with it, and it went better than I thought it was going to go. I didn't think it was going to be bad, but it was very good, and I was very, very surprised and happily surprised. I got to ask you this. I just noticed something out of the corner of my eye. Now, you were fired. You were fired. You were fired. What? Yeah. yeah. I know. Hang on. I'm getting there. I'm getting there. I'm getting there. By the new general manager of SmackDown Live, one that you are unhappy with James Ellsworth. I got to ask you, we got a couple people over here wearing Shane McMahon shirts. How do you think Shane McMahon right now feels about you being fired from SmackDown Live? Well, hopefully Shane McMahon comes back and he overrules Paige. It gives me my job back with SmackDown Live. That's what we're all hoping for, right? Right, guys? Yeah, that's what yeah, these guys wearing the Shane McMahon shirts. Make some noise. Yeah! So hopefully Shane McMahon comes back and gives me my job back. We, we're just hoping for any way for someone to give me a job back at WWE because we all miss me, duh. 
Shane McMahon. Uh, give me this microphone. What's up, guys? James Ellsworth here. Make some noise. Come by and see me if you want. I know you probably don't. Yeah, I guess like Detroit sleeps, man. Like they go to bed really early. In Baltimore, we don't do it like that. We go to bed at like 5 a.m. But yeah, come by, say hi to me, guys. We got some guys here in Detroit at Harry's. As we're doing a live podcast, the Doug cast out here at Harry's. Come see James Ellsworth. Take your picture. Maybe. Uh, yeah, Carmela's leaving. There you go. Uh, so back to my original thoughts here about Shane McMahon and all this stuff. Uh, you know, the, the politics in WWE. Oh, what? I, I know you keep old rambling. Oh, this, this young man wants to get a picture. Come on, come on. Let's go over here. We're going to put him on the spot. He's going to put a cigarette out first. Put that cigarette out, me and Gene Line. Yeah. What's up, though? What's your name? Showtime, man. Everybody calls me Showtime. Showtime. You must be a boxer. If you are a boxer, please go knock down his head. All right. Fat and lazy, that's the way to do it. That's my nickname. That's actually my gang name. Switch the camera mode. Switch the camera mode. There you go. There we go. Let's get this selfie going. Oh, look at that. Is that a video of yourself? I don't want to watch that. There we go. Nice selfie. On the dog cast. First official. I appreciate you. First official selfie on the dog cast. So, all right, but uh, as James Ellsworth goes and takes some pictures with the fans, I'll use this opportunity as a time to promote. Go to WrestlingPerspectivePodcast.com. You can get the Dudcast with James Ellsworth. You can also get the Wrestling Perspective with P.D. Williams and myself. Two great shows, one free feed. James, you're back uh, here in this live, very special, probably the last one you'll ever do with me in person, uh, which is obvious by the facial expression there. Let's talk about... And, and look, I'm very critical sometimes of the WWE product, but Drake Maverick, AOP together, you know, that's a real head scratcher for me. From a booking standpoint, you've been in the industry, you own your own promotion. What would you make of that? That's just one of those things where you just got to see where it goes. I know at first some things on any show, on any television show, you, you, you might go, why did they do that? You know, like first impressions usually are everything, but I like to see where things go, so we see where they take it. And it, you know, a lot of people are talking about it, so I guess that's a good thing. And uh, again, you know, we'll see where it goes. Detroit, are you going home? Or are you going to come over here and meet your boy James Ellsworth? Uh, I think they're going home, James. <laughs> so uh, here, Doug Cast, James Ellsworth, and myself doing the live podcast. Very, and, and listen, if you're listening at home in your earbuds and it sounds off. We have one microphone. We're playing Pass the Batons like it's the 88 Olympics here, <laughs> Summer Olympics. Uh, it's hot, sticky. I've been sweating like crazy here. Uh, James Ellsworth, by the way, taking pictures and kissing your kids, so bring them on over. You like, no? I'm not going to kiss their kids. You need to stop saying that. What? I, I'm going to look you up and see if you're on one of those weird lists. Like I, I don't know. You always talk about kissing babies. and kids. I, I'm not about that. I have kids. I have two beautiful daughters. Stop being creepy, man. The car salesman, you know, you're a politician. You're out here politicking, rehire Ellsworth shirts. Come on, James. People got to come out. Look at that. People love James Ellsworth there in Detroit. There's a couple. Yeah, that's right. It's James Ellsworth. I know. I know. And, and his weird white friend, Dennis. That's what they've been calling me. Hey, I'm doing the dog cast here live. We got some fans coming in. I guess uh, SmackDown just let out. You know, the dark main event usually goes on about 1040. And now here are the fans. The guy's got the old classic WWF championship, my favorite, the circular one. It's my favorite. Hi, Ray. How are you doing? James Ellsworth. Nice to meet you. 
Ray, I used to work with Ray over there, 105.1 Detroit Sports, taking some pictures here. Uh, let's uh, let's talk to one of these fans here. Uh, what's your name? Joe. Joe, you're hanging out here at the Dugcast. Uh, you've been a big fan of the podcast, you were telling me, before we recorded. Yes, I listen to every show. You know, you were telling me that you loved the Jericho episode. Thank you so much. Yes, I did. And you're also telling me that uh, you're a professional wrestler. Yes, I'm trying to be, yes. Your promo skills are phenomenal. I guess so, yes. I could say that, yes. Are you, are you nervous? Very nervous. Me too. I've never met a professional wrestler like you. Well, I think I've never met a podcast guy like you. Not many people have, my friend. Trust me. <laughs> Not many people have. Uh, the Doug has derailing. Apparently, you're my new co-host because James is uh, politicking and hanging out and selling merch. And This is probably the last live podcast I'll ever do by law. That is your rambling <laughs> one. But let's talk about this weekend's festivities. Obviously, All In did very well. We touched on that before. Um, how did you feel about the show, Dennis? I, I thought the show was cool. Um, the main event was a little short because I guess some of the guys, the rumor is they went over on their times. I would have liked to see the main event go a little longer, but I think it was a heck of a show. And again, hat, hats off to the Young Bucks and Cody Rhodes. They deserve it. You know, honestly, from a fan who actually spent the money to watch it, I was kind of disappointed. I get how important this day was. And, and from that aspect, I thought All In was phenomenal. But if you were just to isolate the card and compare it with any other event, I think the all-in card was subpar at best. I, I, I know that's not the, the, the cool or the political correct thing to say, uh, you know, the big event, we're supposed to all love it and go crazy. But no, I, I thought the all-in card was subpar at best, James. Man, you're just critical about everything. I bet you, you didn't like Shawn Michaels versus The Undertaker at WrestleMania 25 or 26 or a digit. You didn't. Shawn Michaels versus The Undertaker is my favorite match of all time, and I bet you, you didn't even like that. You don't like anything. You're just a, a grouchy old man. You're standing here next to James Ellsworth. You think you would be a little happier. That's what you should be doing is being happy, but I guess uh, you need to take more Blue Chew. BlueChew.com. That's right. James Ellsworth here. Doing the live podcast. Yay, everybody. James Ellsworth is here. Lucky for me. I get to do a live podcast with James Ellsworth. Are we going to take a picture together, too? Will you Will you take a selfie with me? Is that weird? Yeah, I'll do it. I'm going to charge you about 20 bucks. Uh, speaking of $20, there's a guy here going to buy an autograph and a T-shirt or one or the other. I don't know. What do you need, sir? Oh, he chose the photo with Carmelo, of course. Can I? I feel like this might be the only wrestling podcast ever to sell merch and do a podcast at the same time. It's uh, it's quite challenging for those who are listening at home, riding the subways or the railways or in the UK or abroad. But uh, yeah, this is this is fun. I've been here at Harry's all day watching SmackDown Live. We have a lot of hey, that's right, James Ellsworth here, not me, him, but. Uh, yeah, the, I got to tell you, James, as I was saying before, the all-in card. Here's one of my big issues with it, James, as you uh, rifle through your bag. I thought they booked way too many superstars on the card. I thought they, the show could have gone uh, a lot shorter, maybe. I'm talking to myself, unless people are listening to me. Uh James, did you 
<laughs> well, thanks. Did, did you, were you backstage at all in, or were you in your hotel room? Did you watch it? I told you earlier, so you're the one not paying attention, that I was not backstage at all in. I watched it at the StarCast Hotel. The Hurricane did a live show, and I watched it with him and a bunch of the other guys. Actually, I watched it with one of the members of ICP, Violent J. He was there, so that was pretty cool. Whoop, whoop, somebody said. Yeah, well, he'll, he's wearing a, uh, a shirt, yeah, representing that's uh That's 11 o'clock at night in the streets of Detroit kind of whoop, okay? It's the best we can do after the day we've had. Been out here supporting CWL, James. Uh, you've been at the height of wrestling in WWE. You've traveled the independent circuit. Let's talk a little bit about... Uh, CWL, Championship Wrestling League, what do you think they need to do? And maybe not just them, but any wrestling promotion in general, what do you think they need to do to be successful going forward? Well, just hit the payment, promote it as much as possible. That's what I tell all independent promoters. You gotta put in the work, you gotta get the word out there. You gotta just let everyone 50 miles and less of the town know that you're there, know you have big stars like Big Kaz, MVP, Matt Stryker, James Ellsworth, whoever are going to be in the building and you got to do like you know good shows when they come to the shows you got to put on good matches entertaining matches you know people love women's wrestling especially this day and age you got to have awesome women wrestlers on the show there's a lot you have to do it's very very hard to run an independent wrestling company and i'm happy to see that there's a lot of fans supporting independent wrestling again back to all in ten thousand people for an independent wrestling show it's unheard of and they did it so the indies are hot right now and we're, i'm anxious to see where the business is going you got a couple fans here. Why don't you hey? Why don't you put your interview skills to the test and uh, interview these two fans? What's up, guys? How you doing? James Ellsworth here. Nice to meet you. You guys just came from SmackDown. What's your name? Christopher Kelly Jr. Where are you from? Detroit, Michigan. Detroit, Michigan. Right here in Detroit. Who's your favorite wrestler in SmackDown Live history? Hitman Hart. Bret Hart, Bret Hart wasn't on SmackDown Live, but your boy James Ellsworth was, and you should have said me. But we'll still get a picture here. Go ahead. I'm getting a picture as I'm talking into the microphone. We'll see how this turns out because I'm not going to stop talking. I know you, every listener of the Dogcast is tired of listening to Dennis. Thank you, guys. If you guys need anything at the table, let me know. You got autographs. Sure, uh, I think we're out of shirts, so it's just autographs. Dennis, Dennis, let's take us home here soon. I'm tired of hearing your voice. I'm tired of looking at you here live on the Dogcast. <laughs> Thanks, James. Uh, I got to tell everybody who has listened live, downloaded at home, Thank you so much. Uh, you, Without your support, James wouldn't have been out here doing this live version of the Dugcast, supporting CWL, uh, Championship Wrestling League. Uh, I wouldn't, I, I think I kind of have a role. I did an on-air interview today, which was kind of sad. Uh, Brian Pillman Jr. and myself, which was pretty fun. Uh, at least for me, not for Brian Pillman Jr. himself. He couldn't wait to go home, I think. I think he changed his flight to kind of get out of this interview like 10 minutes early. I, I, I believe that. But, uh, yeah, see, <laughs> James selling merch. Uh, I can't wait to go back to our studio show, James, because hanging out with you, uh, you know, this has been really exciting to get to do a podcast with my all-time favorite wrestler ever who is barely available to do a podcast right now with me. Just signing autographs and stuff. But anyways, uh, yeah, listen, Doug Cass, we'll be wrapping it up here. It's a short show this week. We actually were supposed to have Matt Stryker on. 
Uh, I, I'm going to blame it on technical difficulties, but uh, he didn't want to hang out, so that was the technical difficulty that we had. My God, Dennis, you're so boring to listen to, especially live and in person. You see how I have such enthusiasm in my voice, and I bring it up, and I bring it down, and you, when you talk, you just kind of talk like this. And all the listeners of the Doublecast, they get bored, they stop listening, and then finally, I grab the microphone, and I talk, and they get intrigued again. They start listening. They want to know what I'm going to say next. And what I'm going to say next is, we're going to have a lot of cool listeners. Um, not listeners. We're going to have a lot of cool guests. We do have a lot of cool listeners here on the Dugcast, but we're going to have a lot of cool guests coming up on the Dugcast. I'm not going to give them away, but we are going to have a women's champion on our Dugcast here soon. I'm not going to say from what promotion or what company, but from... A very, very high-ranked company. We will have their women's champion on here soon. Not going to give it away, like I said, but I'm very, very anxious to interview this person. And I'm very happy that we got her on the Dugcast. And maybe I'll challenge her to a match for the intergender title. Yo, one of the most common questions you got out here, James, is where can people find you on social media? Where can people follow you? Let's go ahead and plug that right now for everybody in attendance, everybody listening around the world. Uh, James is uh, winking at a fan there. But, James, quick, uh, before I wrap this up, your social media presence. You can find me on Twitter at Real Ellsworth, on Instagram at James Ellsworth Wrestling. Visit my wrestling promotions website at AdrenalineWrestling.com. You can find us on WrestlingPerspectivePodcast.com and iTunes. You can find Dennis on Twitter somewhere, but who cares? I'm James Ellsworth. It was nice meeting the fans here in, Ch in I was going to say Chicago. Whoa, <laughs> We're in Detroit. I was in Chicago for three days straight. I fly home to Baltimore tomorrow. I can't wait to go back to my hometown. But I do love Detroit. Like I said, I'm a big Eminem fan. He's from here. Kid Rock's from here. I love Kid Rock. Can't wait to come back to Detroit for CWL. Dennis, stop touching me and stop pointing your finger at me. I do what I want. You have a question? I'm trying to wrap things up. Now you have a question. I do. I do. Uh, as we wrap up this podcast, standing here in the streets of Detroit, give me your fondest Detroit wrestling memory that involves James Ellsworth. Well, you see, I wrestled for the WWE Championship right here in Detroit for the second time. And what happened was, and we won't talk about what happened, but I beat AJ Styles three out of four times. And actually, Detroit's where I lost the one match against AJ Styles. Thanks for bringing it up, Dennis. Yeah, I kicked him right in the face. That wasn't in Detroit. That was in Denver, Colorado, a much better city. <laughs> I'm James Ellsworth, Detroit. All right, guys, WrestlingPerspectivePodcast.com. Make sure you go subscribe, listen. We've had great guests, everything from uh, Ryback to Chris Jericho. Uh, James, thank you so much. James Ellsworth doing a Dudcast here live, wrapping it up. We're going to call it a night. Subscribe. I can't wait to go back and do the studio show so it's so much better. All right, guys. Doug has signing out. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. 
More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.